We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It's about 9.45 on Sunday, November 27th. Dallas Mavericks just fell to the Milwaukee Bucks, one twenty-four to one fifteen. How are you, Josh? Uh, I'm surviving. Our household is sick. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, yeah, just in time for the holidays, um, but eh, we're doing, a, you know, powering through it. And uh, it's been a while. We haven't talked in a while, at least the, on this the, podcast. The the injury report catches up with families too. It does. Is, is the thing. Well interesting this loss in a nutshell doesn't really do anything for me i i second night of a back-to-back luka Doncic playing 43 minutes the night before losing by nine the bucks are a far superior team in a similar way that the the boston celtics were and one of the main points I had in my recap is like, if you're going to let a team shoot um, 17 to 37 from three, which is 46%, you're not winning most of the time. Um, pair that with the fact that, you know, the Mavericks just don't have enough offensively, uh, despite shooting 51% themselves. Um, this, this game was, a, was kind of a schedule loss to a degree. But what we're seeing amongst the Mavs fans who are exceptionally online is a very frustrated group. And I am very curious to see what the Mavericks do because I don't, you know, this goes back to what we've talked about. They don't have options. Yeah. I don't, this was a, yeah, I don't know what they do going from here other than they, 
try to look at this game and say, well, if we played if they played offense like they played offense tonight, um, they would have won that Toronto game by like thirty, like twenty points. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's probably I don't know, glass half full, glass half empty. I don't know if it's discouraging that you get a game where all your role players basically make all of their shots uh, except for Tim. But I mean, Dinwiddie had a good night. Kleba had a good night. Wood had a had a pretty good night. Um, Finney Smith, you know, scored double figures, and they're usually their record when he's in double figures is pretty good. Um, you know, they were they shot sixty one and a half percent on twos and forty one and a half percent on forty one threes. So. Uh, I don't know if that's like encouraging because we've seen this team kind of look really stuck in the mud lately or if it's discouraging because it's like, okay, well, did they just, you know, did they just waste one of their good offensive performances or how much of this can we can we project going forward? I don't know. But um, like I'm with you, this loss doesn't, you know, I think we've said this, what, we said this after the Celtics game. I don't know if we were on the Celtics game, but I'm sure we both said it. Like the Celtics loss and this loss, like don't really – do anything but when you sandwich them around that awful toronto game the awful denver game and all the other awful games they've played that's what makes these losses more frustrating because you know they realistically should be like a what like a 11 and 17 you know something like see what their point differential is right now because until they pretty good it's still pretty good the last time I looked. It was they were like third in the West, but that was before they lost these last two. So what are they with the point differential? Um, so they're just yeah, they they dropped from a two point seven point differential to one point eight, but that's still good for fourth in the West. Like, yeah, they're ninth in the league, uh cleaning the glass and net rating after with this game included. So like yeah, it's just, I just yeah. They, they they just they have to figure, you know. This could be the team that we thought it was. You know, I predicted them to win 49 games. So, like, they're not that far off from what I kind of thought if they just kind of go on a little bit of a run. I mean, if they can just clean up and somehow find a way to win these these re- these games that they need to win, that they should win, you know, the games against, you know, your, your Oklahoma Cities, your Houstons, your Orlando games, you know, Denver missing all their players. And, like, if they can just find a way to stop goofing up those games, they'll be, you know – I don't know if they'll be as good as last season. I don't know if they'll be a 51 team, but they'll be back to that comfortable, solid five, six, fourth seed range team. But we just don't have any evidence right now that they're going to do that because they haven't really shown us. Uh, they keep failing every time they get that test of like, hey, take care of a team you need to take care of. They don't do it. And then, you know, the problem is, is you're going to eventually play, your, the schedule's going to turn. You're going to play teams like the Bucks that are going to beat you even when you bring you know, I don't know if they, the Mavericks brought their A game because their defense was pretty pretty bad tonight. But I mean, the, the offensively, they did. I mean, this was probably their best offensive game in weeks, right? Um, and they still lost by uh, nine points, and they never had the lead in this game. So they just they got to figure out these other games. You know, they gotta they gotta figure out these games where they need to take care of business, or you know, this is not going to improve. And the schedule, you know, say goodbye to the the fun cushy schedule they had in October, November. It's about to get real in December. So they, they I don't know what they got to do to figure it out, but they got to figure it out quick. I'm just not sure. All right. You know, <laughs> this, this, it comes back to the same level of team construction where, you know, you can't play JaVale McGee. He's just, he's, he's an unplayable mess. Um, the, he, he is the worst signing of the off season by any team. When you think of, Role, money, length of contract. 
there's no question. Uh, a lot of people threw DeAndre Jordan at me, but he was a single year minimum. Like I, I don't, I don't care. Um, which results in them either having to start Maxi, Maxi Kleba, which I don't think they want to do given Maxi's fragility and the fact that they would rather close games with him. So that leaves you with Dwight Powell, who has been getting exposed in against these good teams, but we knew that. So it's like it's really hard to be mad at Powell. So then tonight they rolled out with Wood to start the second half, which was just it's was so interesting. He finishes a plus five. In 32 minutes, Christian Wood finishes with a plus five. God, JaVale McGee was a negative 10 in four minutes. Oh, yeah, he was bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you look at – that's probably the thing going forward is, you you know, eventually they're going to have to get to a point where they start Wood. Uh, and then maybe you start – I don't know if you start Josh Green, but you play him – you give him more minutes than Tim Hardaway Jr. because it's just obvious. They're going to have to figure out the 10 thing because that's – that's not gonna. He can't keep playing twenty plus minutes a game if, if this is how he's gonna uh, play. Um, so that you know they have some options there in terms of. Well, Tim Hardaway's toast. Tim Hardaway, like, yeah, like I'm. I don't know 60, we have sixty him. games on. The, I wrote about Tim tonight. We have a sixty game sample size. He is shooting thirty two percent under Jason Kidd in sixty games. That is not a. That uh, I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that yeah, it's. The, it's not good because when he before he got injured, he was not playing. You know, he did not play well last season, and he got injured. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really, there's nothing really to to bank on. Um, he's played, he's played more games as a mediocre to bad player than he's played good. You know, he's had really two seasons, two and a half, you know, two seasons of of good basketball, and those were both under Rick Carlisle. And I don't know what's going on there. Um, I mean, I I think what happened with him, and this is just a a no nothing guess. But similar to what Rick did with OJ Mayo is he tinkered with his shot enough to make it work because his two best shooting seasons were under Rick. And ever since it's just gone downhill and he is, I, I, I shared with this the other night, he is now he's become a contract albatross twice. He's only yeah. had three contracts. Like he had his rookie contract, his contract he signed with New York, which was then traded to Dallas. And now the second one that he signed with Dallas and, it's just that that level of variance is exceptionally difficult. And I'm not mad. I feel bad for Hardaway. The kind of shots he's missing, he's no longer being guarded. That's the real rub. Like, he missed three wide-open looks tonight. Badly. That one mm-hmm. at the end, which was when they were trying to go on a, on a run, I think they were down 12, and he just misses one from the right wing that hit the front of the rim. I mean, it's awful. I, I feel and he really still bad made more, and he still made more threes tonight than he had in the last uh, week combined, weeks worth of games combined. Uh, oh, yeah, because he was over since uh, last time he made a three before tonight was November eighteenth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, November eighteenth. So right, and and I I chose to sort of focus on him, and it's not his fault. Like this whole thing, it, it's it's just sort of it's just sort of where the Mavericks are because. You know, they, they, Reggie Bullock was out for the night. They gave him the night off. Josh Green played 20 minutes, had eight points, four rebounds. Um, I can, I, I, I'm to the point now where it's just, you got to roll with more Josh. Uh, they got to yeah. try something. Like, yeah, Frank's not cutting it. Neither is the rest of the, the end of the bench. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's really the only two options they have right now is, Moving wood, moving wood into the starting lineup, and I don't know if you move Josh into the starting lineup, but you move him 
you start taking away more of Bullock in Hardaway's minutes and you start giving him to, to Green and you see what happens. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, like you know, like you said, they're not gonna make a trade. You probably can't start Maxi because I, I don't he can't be he just can't. He can't be a 30 minute per game player. He just can't. Um he's never done it in his career and he's had it. He's never he hasn't played a full season in for in what feels like forever. Um, you know, he just constantly gets lower body injuries. Um, when he kind of, you know, he, he looks on a lot of night, you know, if they play like three games and four nights, he just kind of looks toast when, you know, you know, he's just a, he's a bench guy that, that is really important. So they gotta, you know, they just gotta preserve him, but I don't think you can, you can really change with what they're doing with his minutes too much. So that really just leaves Wood and, and Josh and Josh Green, but I am starting to see, you know, it is kind of funny, um, with Christian Wood. I know he was a plus five, but you look at. His two, you know, he's finally bit broken that 30-minute threshold and did it against Boston, did it against Milwaukee. And I would say those were maybe two of the worst defensive performances oh, the yeah. Patrick's had. For sure. This no, he's, he's really mean, awful at defense. His timing yeah. is bad. Um, the rotations are one thing, but his timing is bad. And he's just so light. He gets moved the same way Dwight, Dwight Powell gets moved. Yeah, guys, guys don't are comfortable shooting through him. Like if he's, even if he makes it his rotation on time, like guys aren't scared of, of trying to shoot around him through him over him. Like he doesn't, he doesn't offer much resistance at the rim, even when he gets there uh, on time. Um, Seems like he's, he's at his, you know, a lot of his blocks seem to come like off the weak side. You know, when he's guarding a guy that's coming straight at him uh, at the rim, it, it doesn't seem to work out too well for him, but. Again, you know, they kind of have to they kind of have to roll with this and see what happens cuz I I would have to imagine, you know, Milwaukee and Boston are two of the best teams. They are the two best teams in the league. So maybe you go, you know, you just try out scoring people a little bit with Wood. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Um, but yeah, the defense hasn't really, that's another thing that we really, we, we talk so much about offense, but I don't, I don't see the defense from last season. And I think an underreported thing was after they traded Kristaps, uh, and they brought in Spencer, I think they finished the year from the moment, uh, from the trade deadline to the end of the year. I think they were like 15th in defense. Yeah. Um, so and they, they picked it up in the playoffs, obviously, but they still had moments where, you know, their, de- their defense kind of uh broke a, a couple in a couple of those games so yeah it's just you know they don't have a true they don't have a fearsome rim protector outside of maxi and maxi's just not a guy that's going to play a ton of minutes every night uh and you're also asking maxi maxi to do a ton of other stuff that sometimes takes him away from the rim because they need help on the perimeter so he's not like a true he's not always guarding the rim and then you know mcgee's not doing it pal's not doing it so that's another thing the defense hasn't really looked all that great the last couple games, despite, you know, <laughs> but again, for the season, they're, um, what are they in defense this season? Oh, uh, they're finally starting to tumble a little bit. They're now 14th in defense. Um, 
according to cleaning the glass. I think they were like around nine or ten before the Boston game. So um, that's not great. Last two weeks, their defense is twentieth uh, in the league. So I know we kind of complain about the offense because I feel like that's the easiest thing to look at, but defensively, it, I'm just not. You know, you've said it multiple times. Bullock doesn't look the same. I don't think Finney Smith necessarily looks the same defensively. I don't see any great leaps or improvements from Luca other than he creates more turnovers, but in terms of like keeping guys in front of him, I don't really see it. And we know with Wood, you know, really the only guy that's popping on the, on the defensive end to me is Josh Green, but you know, he only plays so much. So I don't know. That's another thing they need to get right. You know, Bullock and Finney Smith were so terrific in the playoffs on the defensive end. They really need those guys uh, to return at least somewhat to that form, uh, I think, because the offense is going to be weird. Like they just—that's yeah. just the roster they have. Like you know, I don't know what else to say. Right, I, and like I'm getting mowed down by the getting mowed down by the Bucks yeah. is not wholly unexpected. Like even if the defense was tight, it, it, the Bucks are a really good basketball team. Right, and I just this is not good for me to say as we are content creators about the Dallas Mavericks, but I am. I'm running out of things to say about this team. Um, there's not much. <clears throat> and I think that's why fans are probably getting really angsty about it because, you know, J- you look at Josh and he's really the only guy that has like a development path left. Um, but like Dinwiddie, Powell, Hardaway, Finney Smith, Maxi, those are their top minutes guys. Bullock, um, like those guys who are who they are, right? Like there's not. There's like they're going to be the same as they were next season. Like, there's not you're not looking at this team and going, well, at least there's like some young talent that we can watch develop uh, around these vets or or something like that. There's just like the team is kind of tapped out. They are who they are, and so it makes it tough to talk about because we just kind of have to walk into these games and go like, okay, well, did the role players make their threes? Yeah, okay. Well, did they play defense? No. Okay, they lost. Or did the role players not make their threes? No. Okay, well, they lost. Uh, did Lucas score 35? Yeah. Okay, they probably won. Did he did he score 27? Yeah. Oh, well, then they lost. Like it I mean, every game feels so similar in terms of how they lose them. So that I'm I'm really at a loss for words for what to talk about because the roster's basically been the same for the last four years. And while that doesn't I'm not discounting that they could finish the season between 48 or 50 wins uh it's it's just like okay but then what's where's the next step coming from and that's when we start talking about the offseason and how kind of screwed they are with their asset management but i don't know what else to talk about like there's just the team is just so unbelievably static even when they play well like we kind of know the blueprint it's luca looking dominant or all these role players make their threes like there's no i mean you can maybe break down some tape sometimes but you know the offense they run the sets they run I, that feels like, you know, maybe too micro looking at it when, I don't know, these games yeah. still feel the same. I don't know, this is bad. I, I'm just kind of like, I'm no, in a because it's like, like, like teams, I just don't know where they where to go. Like quietly, yeah. it's it's been it's been of note, and we've not really talked about it, but it's like Spencer Dinwiddie not shooting out of his mind is is a small part of why the Mavericks haven't won some games. I mean, he's still playing pretty well, and he's actually still shooting pretty well. It's just, it's... There, there was he was going on games where it's like he was scoring north to twenty, and the Mavericks needed that. And in these last four games, he's he's gone over twenty once. Um, and it's it's, 
I, I don't that, and that's not a, like a, a, a that's not to blame Spencer at all. Like Spencer has been, I've really been pleased with what Spencer has has offered this team this year relative to my expectations. I actually thought he would take a step back, and he's played the same level of basketball. It's they just don't really have much, and they're that that's where it's like like talking about them in the big picture gets a little weird because I go on these live shows and people have the same complaints and I want to talk about those things and have people get out their frustrations. But you know, the the level of toxicity that's been a fun word on the internet this Sunday comes from the fact that the Mavericks have made a lot of mistakes, which they then told us weren't mistakes. I I don't know what, And so it's a, like it's it's a recipe for frustration. I don't necessarily agree with the, the toxicity because, like we said, you, you just said this. If a couple of guys shoot a little bit better, they're going to win more games than they're going to lose. I just I, the way some of the shots aren't falling. I don't know when that happens. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> it just it just sucks because it's like it's not one of those things where we can. <clears throat> I mean, they could do some. They could do a little bit more to be more creative off the ball. They could do anything. See, that's okay. There's two things that Luca needs to improve on. One is hit his free throws. Like he's back down to his career average shooting 75%. 12 free throws a game and you're shooting 75%. You're leaving three points on the board every game, every game. And when they've lost these games, he just, he has to do better. I'm sorry. Nobody's going to, I'm going to get yelled at for that but he has to shoot in the low 80s he just has to if he's going to shoot this volume of free throws otherwise it's kind of pointless um the second thing that he has to do and while we're here and the mavericks need to enforce this they have to find a way to enforce this he has to do something off ball i i am sick and tired of the luka Doncic criticisms about how he plays and the nonsense from like i i had to listen to isaiah thomas Talk about how Luca picks up all these cheap assists. Fuck out of here with that. Luca makes hard passes, drives to the basket, guys hit their shots or they don't. I'm not interested in that. But when Luca doesn't have the ball, more often than not, he's standing north of the three point line, almost at half court, or he's standing in the corner with his hands on his knees. I know he has a heavy load, but they have to get him involved because the rest of the team is not good enough to score consistently. It's only Spencer putting his head down. Am I wrong? I mean, I know you agree with me, but it's like, I feel like that's a thing that like, we don't, it's like a third rail where it's like, oh, he's carrying so much of a load that we can't say he needs to play even better because he does need to play even better because the Mavericks are now under 500. No, it's a catch 22 because you're right. But also if he's going to be playing 40, 40 minutes a night and having a 36 to 40 usage rate, how can you how can you possibly expect him to want to run hard off the ball when on the like three possessions uh, a quarter or whatever he gets where he's not running the show you know like they just they have to find a way and that goes back to the rock like they have to find a way to to ease his burden and then you can maybe expect more from him off the ball but i just don't know how that how is that going to change when he's when he's got the the minutes and usage toll like how could you possibly expect him to be like Hey Luca, I know that you literally do everything, and and, <laughs> and we only win games when you score thirty five points or 30, 30 or more points. But we're gonna need you on the on the couple of plays where you don't have the ball. We're gonna need you to run really hard uh, off some screens, and and we're gonna need you to set, we're gonna need you to set some screens and have some big guys run into your knees uh, and, and push you down to the floor even more. Uh, how do you feel about that? Like, like I just 
I, but I it's part of it. It's it's part of it though, because you watch Giannis tonight. That dude sets screens, he moves around and causes chaos. Luca doing stuff causes chaos. He knows this. He's a smart guy. He's choosing to sort of ration his energy. And I have a hard time arguing with that from a conceptual standpoint. It's just when you watch them, when you watch these possessions, it's either Spencer does something or nothing. That's that's it. Those are the options. I, I I don't know. I know I know what you mean. And I mean Giannis is a big basically, so it's uh it's tough. Like he's not their point guard. I mean, I know his usage is high, but he's not, you know, he's not bringing the ball up the floor every single time. It's a little different, but I know what you mean. Like in a perfect world, that's you know but you know, Giannis, Sorry. what what's that? <laughs> Jason Gallagher, I just saw him he posted a meme saying people blaming Luca for the Mavs oh, problems, yeah. and it's J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Spider-Man is an evil psychopath abusing his powers, which like as I'm as I'm like saying, hey, it's just perfect timing. Sorry. Yeah, I know. And it's just I mean, Giannis has Drew Holiday and when he's healthy, Chris Middleton as his teammates and Mavericks don't have anyone close to that. Like, it's, you know, Dinwiddie is the closest, but he's not going to make an all-star team. Um, although I guess if he keeps shooting like this from three, I mean, he might get considered. But, you know, it's just – it's it's like the, you know, uh, the chicken or the egg. Like, they could ask Luca to be do more off the ball, and I get it. And I get that, like, when he doesn't have the ball, him standing there with his hands on his hips is, like, really frustrating. But also, I don't know how they can expect to ask him to do more off the ball when they ask him to do more on the ball than maybe any other on-ball player in in the NBA. Um, yeah. And again, remember when I talked about like when they were when they were winning uh, and they were winning games early in the season. There were a couple of games over five hundred, and Luca was scoring what like he scored like thirty in his first six games or whatever it was eight games. And we we're like, man, what is this going to look like when Luca like is still good, but like not. Not like he's superhuman best player of all time good, but just like really Luca good. And he scored 27 points on 20 shots. He he made three of seven threes. Like and the free throws sucked. He had 12 assists and they lost. Like he played a pretty good game, but he didn't play meteoric uh, greatest player of all time type of game. And, and they lost. And I'm just right. like this, this trend that they've not won any games uh, this season when Luca scored under 30 like that's concerning and then the fact that they've been relatively healthy this season the schedule's been good to them in terms of like home games they haven't had to travel a ton like i get that there's the last two seasons are going to give a lot of people reasons to to be patient i think people should still be patient but i don't know there's 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 a lot of funkiness going on this season that doesn't compare to last season because last season had injuries and covid and this season hasn't so far so that's you know that's the red flag right you know it's just like they've gotten all the breaks they've gotten so far and they're nine and ten um and luca's playing like one of the best players of all time and they're nine and ten so (laughs) like i you know that's and then that's why we go back to like i don't i understand why fans are mad like fans should be mad like what should they just be like docile on this like that's part of being a fan you know i understand people you know don't you know I'm not endorsing people saying nasty things to each other. They shouldn't. Don't be no. an idiot. But also, like, people are just going to get mad. And that's, that's kind of how it is. And they're going to win, I hope. But they're going to go on another win streak. And everyone, those people are going to be happy. Like, just kind of, 
it's kind of, kind of how it is. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say? Uh, well, we should get out of Dodge then. We'll go figure out what to uh, to put up some content about for this here uh, game. Uh, I wrote a recap. I'll be going live on the show. Um, got a few shows this weekend. If you feel like reveling in misery, uh, appreciate those of you who do listen every time. Uh, yeah, let's just go. You got anything else? No, that's it. I think. All right. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow, Mavs and Moneyball After Dark. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a better week. We will see you on Tuesday night.